I am Grant Gustin, and you're listening to The Flash Podcast. Everybody and welcome to the Flash Podcast, your podcast for all things related to CW's The Flash. I'm your host Breeze Riley, and with me, as always, are my very lovely co-hosts Lacey, Tatiana, and Andy. How is everyone doing today? Hello. Still alive. Hi. I was doing well until I had to read this comic, and then suddenly I realized that life is meaningless. Oh my! Oh. No, no idea under the sun. Yeah, so as Tatiana just mentioned today, on on today's episode, we're going to be reviewing Crisis on Infinite Earths, Paragon's Rising, which is a collected edition of the two tie-in comics that they published for Crisis on Infinite Earths crossover. Um, So there's two stories in this edition. It was Paragon's Rising and then a story called Infinite Luthers. Sorry, that's a bad preview of my thoughts. (laughs) We all have some uh, interesting thoughts on these two issues. Um, if you haven't read it yet, you might want to... I mean, there's not any super big spoilers, and obviously you've probably already seen the crossover, but you might want to read it and come back to this episode uh, if you're worried about any spoilers. But um, let's kick it off talking about the first issue, which I think is just titled Paragon's Rising, and I'm going to read the credits before we get into a summary. Um, It was co-written by Marv Wolfman and Mark Guggenheim. The penciler was Tom Derenick. Uh, The inkers were Trevor Scott and Andy Owens. The colorist was Hi-Fi. The letterer was Wes Abbott. Uh, So those are our... Uh, artist and writer credits for this issue. Um, does anyone want to kind of give a summary of what happens in this one? Not it. <laughs> well, uh, first... Uh, <laughs> I want a toddy cat! I want a toddy cat! Yes. <laughs> Felicity is like, I was here all along, you just didn't see me on screen. So Yeah, that's, she... that's it. That's the truth. <laughs> that is, that's pretty much the entire story. Um, but... She finds out that her beloved husband has uh, departed, uh, saving the world, <laughs> and she's real mad at the monitor, but it's okay, because she's going to go find the OA and check out the Green Lantern Corps and get the Book of Destiny that tells her who the Paragons are, but then stuff happens, and now she can only remember a couple of the Paragons, and also that Oliver has to be the Spectre. And so then she's like, hey, monitor, here is half your job. Here are some of the Paragons. I will not tell anyone that Oliver's a Spectre for reasons. Except so Mia, who is six months old. Yes, except for uh, Mia. <laughs> and then in um, whatever it was called, Lex Luthor, Infinite Luthor or something like that, um, Lex is just chilling in jail, but then he gets broken out of jail by another Lex, and then he meets the Council of, of Luthers, who are like, we are going to kill Superman. And Lex is like, only I should kill Superman, not fake memes. Uh, so he goes to Superman to warn him, and then the Luthers are really mad at him, and then he, like, eliminates the other Luthers, but decides that they are right. So now he will kill all the Supermen. These are definitely burning questions that we all wanted the answer to. <laughs> well, I mean, right. Did, was anyone even asking for this? Okay. The, that, exactly. Yeah, that was, was like, I wonder why <laughs> Lex wants to kill all the Supermen. I think we all I, know why he would want I mean, to do that. I mean, is that sort of his default setting? Exactly. I, I will say this, Anything though. Anything he needed. <laughs> I will say this, though. It was cool getting, like, an error story from Mark Wolfman. Um, I, I, yes. I, don't know about, um, I don't know what I want to say regarding Mark Guggenheim, because I think, you know, like, maybe it's time, Mark, that... Um, <clears throat> We um, we decided to do something else, but you know, that's not for me. I here. think it speaks. What I will say is, I think it speaks highly of Mark Guggenheim's pull or the Arrowverse's pull in general, 
that Marv Wolfman came on to write to help write this. You know, I just feel like if there, I, yes, you're both correct, and I think that is very cool and a very like, like you could just sort of see over the past few years, like how the Arrowverse has become more impactful and and mm-hmm. bigger and more respected and and whatnot. But I'm just like, we wasted him on this, like. <laughs> Just think, I'm just like yeah, so I, crossover, I and like there's, there's so many other holes that I think they could have done yeah, literally Mar- anything Wolfman else. With. Did co-write episode four? I think he actually has like a, a an essay in in this collected edition where he talks about that. But I agree, they definitely could have used him more because Crisis, you know, really obviously started with him. Um, but I mean, who cares how we found out who the Paragons are? That feels like a super hand wavy. Like this is who they are, and it's who they thought, who you thought they would be, because that's what the show is. Well, here's my thing. The biggest issue with this is that it's okay. I will say I think we can all agree that we admire that they want to try and do this, try and see if this was something that could actually work. Uh, you know, I mean, of course, a lot of time and effort went into making this and so on. You know, it's art. You know, it's of course appreciated, but when it comes to art, that make, but also. Just because the art, uh, you know, the effort was appreciated, does not does not justify the lack of sense with this story. Because, and this this kind of okay. So one of the opening pages of this book is it's a it's a message from Mark Unit saying a message on continuity dot dot dot, which I'm like, mm-hmm, yeah, let's go, let's talk about that. And he basically admitted, like, yeah, we screwed up. And then the, he's trying to like explain. Where all these plots are happening, so that like something is happening during Act One of Hour Two, which is Batwoman's episode, and something happens here right before this episode or that episode, and I'm just like, if you had already written the scripts for these damn television episodes, you can't go and say, "Whoops, we screwed up." Am I the only one who feels uh- this? I mean, I feel like yeah. the rest of the shows do that all the time. Like, yeah. I, don't- I don't think that there's, there's like, I don't mind him pointing out, like, the continuity errors and then trying to, like, justify them. At least he, like, made, attempt was made. But I feel like when you have a story so pointless and then you have continuity errors with it, you you should ask yourself, why did I do this? Why didn't yeah, I do... Hmm? I was just going to say to me, at least this, this first issue, and we can talk more about Luther Rising separately, I guess, because it's its own problem. But this issue just kind of felt like, who are the characters we didn't couldn't give enough screen time? What are like some of the DC Universe cameos that we couldn't fit into the show? Let's just throw it all into this issue and, and make the Felicity cool. fans happy also. Yeah, okay. Oh, okay, so, okay, okay. everyone. As, please, the, as she's the resident Felicity fan mm-hmm, mm-hmm. in our group, I will say that I am not mad that this centered around Felicity, and I appreciate the little bit of pandering that they tried to do for those of us who love her that were really like, I can't believe that, like, her husband is dying, and she's, like, not part of the story in any way. You know, Emily's casting, Emily's availability, willingness to do it, whatever, whatever aside, like, I get that they were like, well, if there's if there's a person we need to explain why they're not here, okay, Felicity feels like a good enough reason to do this but also the story they gave her is dumb like i would have just rather her not be there for whatever reason and i ma- and i like made up the reason why she wasn't there in my head than have this which is lame well here's the thing for me like here's the thing i i know i've been <clears throat> on the record uh for being a, a felicity critic i will admit that uh when it comes to felicity like I have gone from hating it to tolerate it to accept it to celebrate its uh, its erasure from the Arrowverse after the series finale of Arrow. For me, I think that Felicity is a great character. She, I, I think she's wonderful. My issue with this is the fact that you know you look at like because this all deals with the Paragons rising, you know, all with everything dealing with, um, you know, like how we find out that there's these seven heroes. There's nothing in the television episodes that ever indicates that mon- the monitor somehow have had help from Felicity, because he literally said that I only recently discovered that, and he real you know he you know the, the Book of Destiny is somehow implemented and stuff like that, and for me I'm just like okay, 
I get that it was pandering, but if you're go if you're gonna go out and say that these two issues, they're canon, they're canon to the Arrowverse. You you know like it's there's a lot of things that happens in in this story. Like there's a lot of things that you know that they that just of course just conveniently doesn't get mentioned on any end of the episodes because of course you know it wouldn't make any sense. I just don't know why the monitor didn't know this. Like, what is yeah, he doing? Exactly. It, like, it doesn't make any sense to me that he... He should be, like, all-knowing. Like, this is so like, weird. That's literally his job. Yep. Another thing that really irritated me about this, I feel like they tried to fix some... Like, they tried to make Pariah matter in this, which was hilarious, considering in the actual crossover, Pariah pretty much did nothing except stand around in the background sometimes. I'm still bitter about that, and I'm going to be bitter about that for a long time. But I also like when this when this issue started off with Pariah like, you know, being tortured by the destruction of worlds and like fighting the anti-Pariah or whatever his name is. I was just like, seriously, like if this was important, you should have put it on the show. And this means nothing to me because you didn't. Yeah, I fully agree. Remember when we all said that you know, oh, five hours is too long for a crossover, and now Christ and Margot, I think Margot Guggenheim was just like, oh, well then we could just put in a comment, maybe then they will care, and we we're like, no. No, that's not how it works. Um, even though, like I know that in the comics, Pariah is like meant to be this big character. I mean, no, in the comic, he is obviously a big character. But like, I think maybe it wasn't such a great maybe it wasn't such a great idea to make Nash Pariah. I, Definitely not. I, I almost feel like Pariah should have been introduced like as like yeah, hard no as a as a character on. On one of these shows for like a couple episodes, so that way, like you know, I mean, yes, it would have been a different actor. Yes, it would have, you know, and that way, we may, wait, that maybe that way we could have had Reverse Flash, you know, because that was one of the biggest things that people were so pissed off with. Which I, I get it. I was kind of pissed off too that you know, after all these seasons that we've seen this damn newspaper <laughs> saying like, you know, oh, you know, he's working, you know, with Lex, 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 you know, and not like Reverse Flash, Reverse, Reverse Flash. And then we don't, we don't get him. I mean, you know, I, I get people's frustration. Um, like for me, Pariah feels like the worst sort of aspect of comics to screen adaptations in the yeah. sense that they felt they had to have the character there because he is very important in the comics. But they thought that having the character there checked the box and was good enough. Right. They didn't. And I would have just really rather not been there at all. Yeah, exactly. It didn't. It didn't really understand um, the importance of Pariah, in terms of like contextually what he means for the story. So it was just kind of like, "Hello, I'm here," because I opened yeah. the door. I will say one positive thing because I don't want to be all <laughs> negative is that the art in this issue. There, you know, there's nothing wrong with the actual art. It's just more the mm-hmm. the story. Um, so yeah. I don't want to, you know, completely drag it is, it's the beautiful. issue. Yeah, the art does look really good. Although, and although, although, should, although how many artists can you tell that a lot of the actors that are in the show like, they obviously did not allow themselves to look like and they because like Felicity looks very no- did not look like the Flash yeah. from the comic Felicity, at all. Felicity looks nothing like Emily Bedrick cards. Um, I, yeah. First of all, I think they made it way taller than she looks like on the show. Uh, Nissa looks nothing like Katrina Law. Um, but yeah, but Nissa's outfit is badass. I mean, like Nissa looks great. I was really actually excited to see Nissa in this, though, because that, that was, was a point. That was a surprise, is, for sure. Why was she there? Like, I and don't... Fair, fair. Well, they, they need, they <laughs> like, need no everyone to get Like, no shit at her at all, but, like, why? Also, Oliver looks nothing like... You know, the, you know in the final uh, page of the first storyline, where she's, you know, behind her, you know, she's telling her... Uh, baby Mia, what's going on? Like, behind her is Oliver in, like, that big green... He's in, he's not even like a coat anymore. Like he's in that you know specter coat you know mantle that he's always known to wear. But like in the background you see like Superman from you know like Tyler Hickel Superman you know Batman. Like none of the actors like characters look like themselves from the shows. Yeah, I'm not really sure why that is. It could be like a likeness rights issue, like you mentioned. Um, they there is at the at the uh, end of this edition they have a lot of um artwork from from the show so i think the the artist did have like concept designs from the crossover so so there is like likeness in the costumes and things which i think is nice 
Oh yeah, that that's that's very cool. Like I love that. Like you know, I mean, like it's it's worth buying it if you just want to have like I said, like a complimentary piece for the for the crisis. Um, but like, <sighs> it is so weird where they went with this. But and that's the thing. This is my issue with like ta- like because you know I'm sure everyone knows who's listening, uh, but for those who may not know. Arrow and the Flash and Supergirl have done like these tying comics. Like you know, there's um, season, you know, there's like you know, se- season zero of the Flash. Um, and uh, j- just on the record, the Flash part of season zero came before Flash season zero. So, just that everyone doesn't think that I stole anything or whatever. And there, mm-hmm, th- there's mm-hmm. Arrow season two point five, and there is Arrow season one point five, and there's Supergirl. The digital comic by Sterling Gate and so on. So there's a lot of these comics, but a lot of these things that happen in these comics, even though the showrunners keep saying they're ta- they're they're canon to the Arrowverse, they're canon to these shows, barely get referenced, barely get acknowledged, and so on. and then also they get they get counterpoint and so on. Like it's really frustrating, and that's what I'm thinking. Like with this comic, I'm like, okay, it's an alternate version of how they wanted Crisis to play out. They wanted to have you know, 10,000 Lex Loopers and Supermans and so on, and, like, they wanted, you know, they obviously wanted, like, they, they wanted this to be, like, a 10-hour movie so they could fit all this in, but they just couldn't. Yeah. And you know what? It's You can't, like, you can't do everything. Right. And I think to make decisions to not include stuff, like, make the decision, stand by the decision. Like, right. this this trying to be, like, here's some extra stuff that we know you didn't forget and would have liked to have seen. There is literally no person who was like, God, I wish Felicity was in this on-screen crossover that is satisfied by her being in a comic. Zero yeah. people. I just, no, yeah. I also think the timing was just, because I think, this is the collected edition, but I think the orig- even the original, like, single issues came out after the crossover. So to have kind of this story come out, however long it was after the episodes, it just doesn't, if they had released it like the week of the, the crossover, maybe it would have been more interesting because you could have right. kind of connected the dots like, a little better. It in. Like, that's a good point. Cause when I was reading the little intro at the beginning, it was very like, this is specifically where it goes in act one of the Batwoman hour. And I'm like, wow. Ask me if I remember what even happened right. in the Batwoman. Also, hour. I just think that it would make much more sense to have focused on other worlds. Like, this is what other people were doing when our characters were doing this. That way, you don't have to worry about continuity errors. And even if it amounts to nothing, because it obviously didn't, you know, solve anything since those worlds disappeared, at the very least, we would then know more about the multiverse, you know? Well, like, you know, one of the Earths they went to that I thought was so cool, we went to Earth D, where we do see, you know, the, the black Superman that is supposed to be, like, based on Obama. We see black Wonder Woman. Like, we see, like, the black Justice League that, you know, that exists on Earth 23. And I'm like, that is such a cool... Like, and there's a lot of cool cameos in this. Uh, like, similar to, like, how they did in the actual, you know, t- the Crisis TV crossover. Like, you know, we see, you know, Rob Flagg's Superman. We see, you know... There's a lot of Earths they visit to and so on. But at the same time, I agree with Taddy. Like, why do we need this particular story? Um, like, you know, yes, I will, I'll, I'll go on the record saying this. Would I have loved it if Felicity could have been in the, in the TV crossover? Yes, of course. She should have gotten into Beta when Oliver, you know, was... You know, when it was coming down to the, to the end of it, you know, she should have got, you know, it would have been cool for her to get get Mia earlier and so on, rather than just getting, you know, a couple of minutes in the series finale and so on. But, you know, for whatever reasons, Emily didn't come back. Maybe she had other project. I know she was doing, was was it last year she was, she, I think she did a play or she did theater or something. Yeah, yeah she was on, she was like in an off-Broadway show or something. Which, you know, I'm great for her, I'm happy for her, so, you know, getting to do other things as an actress and so on. Like, you know, I'm not pissed that she didn't show up and so on. And um, I'm just saying, you know, yes, would it, have been gr- would it have been great if she could have come back? Yes. But, you know, she didn't. And therefore, we got a story that we got it. So, but, it's, but, but to go around and then make this, this comic just to kind of, like... I mean, were, were, were Felicity fans even angry that she wasn't in the crossover? Were they like, the, you know, we need to get something to kind of compliment or, you know, supplement? I think, I think I would say that I think people were probably the most upset that I don't think any of us, I certainly did not 
need to see Felicity, like, using her elite hacker skills to, like, break into the Book of Destiny or whatever. I do understand people being upset at her not being there for sort of, of her not showing up until Oliver was dead and not getting that, like, that, like, real final moment with them, even though we did eventually see them in the afterlife or whatever it is. So I sort of, so I understand that. Like, all this other stuff, that was, like, that was not what I needed. So there you go. To any uh, of our listeners, so, you know, there's no need to hate on any of us because we were, you know, I felt at least lazy was being respectful. I was trying to be respectful in what I was saying. Um, I love Felicity. I I just didn't need this for her. Yeah. I'm not even, for me, the Felicity thing isn't even bothering me. Like, it's fine. It's cool because I know that Mark, it's Mark Guggenheim's character. He loves her. He wants to include her in everything. That's fine. But for me, I was like, why did you even bother including Wally? Well, yes. We know that that is not part of, that can't be canon because we literally watched Wally come back and he clearly had no, you know, interactions with Barry during Crisis. In fact, we were all wondering what had happened, why he didn't show up for Crisis. They literally, I think they even had a reason for why he didn't come for Crisis. So to then pretend like Barry secretly worked with Wally and then like didn't tell anyone that he died in Crisis and then Wally didn't mention it when he's yelling at Barry for everything he's messed up. It's just like, okay, why? Why did we even do this? I yeah, that was clearly a miscommunication. Like, that was clearly Mark Guggenheim decided to do this and not tell Eric Wallace at all. Yeah. Like, by the way, Wally died in crisis off screen. You might want to know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. If um, only Greg I Belanti also thought it was weird. Was still around. Could you remember if Greg Belanti was, like, still around? Like, actually told... His shows was going. Oh wait, he is around. He just you know had, doesn't care. <laughs> he, has, he has too many shows. Exactly. You know he's stretched too thin, you know, poor man. Greg, if you if you if you need me to like help out, if you want a pair of extra hands, like, you know I have a I have some experience talking about the Arabs and watching these shows. Well, that's I, making a pitch. I, I it's thought... solid. A solid effort. Solid. Effort. I know. Shoot your shot, my friend. Well, I mean, I mean, oh. of course, I would make the three of you canon. In the Arrowverse. Oh, uh, oh I thought you were going to make this producer. Yes, crossover No, no, no. no of course, here's what's happened. I would be, like, in the Arrowverse, I would be dead. Like, I'm the host that, like, you know, like, vanished that no one sp- speaks of. And, like, there's this network of podcasts that, like, we lost our creator, but we're still going. But, like, what is his name? Like, you know, we can't say for legal reasons. Um, LOL. Yeah. But, um, can we, okay. I know we're, you know, I, 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 I agree with what Bree said a couple of minutes earlier. You know, I, you know, not to be too negative, but, like, are there things that we did like about this? The art, as previously mentioned, I, I did. Mean, I did I did like... some, of the, some of the big panels were really impressive. Yeah, I, I did, did enjoy like Nissa's interactions. Lanterns. Yeah, it was cool to see the Green Lanterns for sure, and it was cool to see a little bit of how you know Berlanti or Guggenheim or someone who is slightly connected to the Arrowverse will envision them for the Green Lantern Corps show. You know. I yeah I think it's well you know what kind of freaks me out a little bit when I like I look at Sinestro's costume pretty so has everyone okay has everyone here punished themselves watching the Green Lantern movie from years ago yes I have I watched it in the emergency room waiting room one year that's literally the only time I've seen it and the only reason I watched it because I, they had TBS on in the waiting wow. room wow I have never subjected my eyeballs to it okay. and I'm very proud of that so. The way that Sinestro's costume looks, it kind of looks a little bit like based on that movie. But we know it's already been confirmed that that this, you know, Earth Twelve that we we saw in post crisis is, it's HP, it's the Earth of HBO Max's GL show. Um, but I got him like, okay, so what timeline is this? If they he, he still hasn't become Sinestro yet, um, my funny like, my favorite part with this with this with this storyline was all the Earth we got to see. From all you know, like that, you know, all these are that we didn't get to visit and so on. To know, like, okay, they do, you know, some of them do exist there. Like, you know, there is a black Justice League out there that we could maybe see one day. I mean, I still want to see Nubia in the era as like our Wonder Woman, but you know, that's up for the, the powers to be inside. Um, but like, yeah, like, I the artwork is really, really pretty, <laughs> but like, I, I don't know, it's I think maybe I was more in love with the Infinite Luther story than I was with the Paragon Rising. Just because I'm like, okay, this kind of like 
because Lex was doing all sorts of crazy things. So I can I can buy that. I can't buy like that Felicity and everyone else like went to Owa, uh, screamed at them, saying, you know, we want you know, we want the Book of Owa or Book of Destiny, whatever it was. Um, Did anybody else watch the Netflix series The OA? Because that is the only thing that I could think of every time they reference the Time Book. I was no. just like, are they going to do the dance? Are they going to do the motion dances from the OA? Please do it. But they didn't. I never. I have it. not seen that. <laughs> no, me neither. Sorry, it's a, it's it's weird sci-fi. But Jason Isaacs is in it. I love him. So for me, that Infinite Losers one, I actually. I mean, I understood it, but as far as, like, placing it within the chronology of the crossover, I actually, like, was more confused. Yeah. Um, because at least the Felicity stuff, like, I, I can kind of, like, visually imagine, like, when that was happening off screen. But I'm like, when did he meet all these Luthers? And then he, like, didn't want to kill Superman, but then he's like, actually, I will kill all the Superman. Like, it just felt like okay i don't know but you seem to enjoy it andy so i don't know if what other people thought i i just have to get my i said this before we started recording but i have to say it again for the record (laughs) and that is this i cannot believe that someone was like you know what we should definitely do is let's take kara put her on the cover of this collected edition do not show her once in the entire comic and make the entire second half of it about lex freaking luther because we definitely did not just do that to her on her own show. So I guess it's cool that we're doing it here again. Like, so annoying. I'm really... I probably actually would have liked this Lex story a lot more had they not been overgoing to the Lex well repeatedly throughout the season of Supergirl, throughout the crossover. I just don't care about Lex anymore. Like, tell me some other story about Supergirl people. But all the Supermen were very hot. I will say that. Even the 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 one that looks like a bug, the, get, like, that one, the, not the not the chunky one. Because I'm trying to, although find, I I did laugh when I saw that. Because I'm looking at the shot right now, like, and I'm trying. Okay, so there's obviously the, the the first Superman that showed up in 1938. There's bizarre Superman for whatever reason in the background, just like not with a backward S, which I you know, I mean, you know, of course it's a Mark Guggenheim book, so I get why that was messed up. There's one with like he's bald, but he has like a giant brain. And then there's, of course, um, Kingdom Come Superman, even though if that's supposed to be Brett and Ralph, he, you know, in the, and that's the thing, even in the, in the episodes, he didn't seem to know that there was a multiverse. Um, there's a um, female Clark Kent that's not, it's not like Supergirl Clark, it's, it's like, it's a female, literally female version of, of him. Uh, and then there's like these two bugs. There's one. There's a monkey super. There's a monkey Superman. What? There's Superboy. There's Superman with the the black suit and uh, the silver ass. Um. So no, that that was fun. Although I'm, it would have still been fun if we could see, we could have seen Tom Welling's Clark as Superman in it. Uh, since, you know, if this was not supposed to make sense anyway, why not just give me what I want? Uh, I, yeah, I kind of assumed he wasn't included because, like, he gave up his powers, I guess. And that's why I thought he was not at this Council of Supermen. But, again, I don't really understand this issue, so... Well, we just said, like, if this was not supposed to make any sense anyway, like, they could have said, oh, well, this was taking place, like, a year before Clark showed, you know, like, before he was greeted by the, um, you know, the Heroes of Earth 1 and so on. But here's the, that's the old thing, like, if I can get... <laughs> Not that we, not that we haven't done any rants already, but um, in the season eleven comic by Brian Q. Miller, that is you know tying with Smallwood and so on, that Mark Green have even said on Twitter was going to be canon to his Crisis appearance. The last issue of season eleven. Okay, are you all ready for this? You yeah, because you know you you know I'm going to blow your brains out with this. He literally deals with a crisis about the multiverse. He fights multiple monitors, and the, 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 the word crisis is there, and it's called, the story is called continuity and so on. And like, he literally has dealt with the multiverse. What happens when Lois and Iris shows up? And he, Clark could not look more confused, even if he tried to, because he looked like he had like 
I've never heard of the multiverse, never heard of multiple um, Earths and so on, and multiple um, doppelgangers and all that thing. And I'm like, this is so insulting. Like, this is so insulting of Margarita to do this to me. And then we go in this store, and they're like, well, Brandon Routh Superman always knew there was, you know, a multiverse. Someone please feel sorry for me for, like, for having pointed out all the flaws in this. I'm very sorry for you. I'm and proud the, and of you, loss. though. I'm proud of you for remembering all of them because there were too many to count. Yes. Um, also, their their anti monitor was called the Omega Monitor. That was strange. Yes. I did think it was funny to have like the. What I did find funny was just Lex Luthor's like self hatred, right? The way that he found the other hymns hymns so disdainful. <laughs> Was uh, enjoyable. Well, did you understand? Like, did either of you understand like which Luthers these like like because I couldn't tell like which Luther are these supposed to be like? No, there's obviously a couple of them in you know the the Lex suit. There's one with a golden Lex suit. Uh, there's obviously Gene Hackman's Superman because he's like in the background with John Cryer. Um, I guess this could have been a way to put in you know Michael Rosenbaum's Lex, but you know, what do I know? Like I don't. I don't know anything. About, you know, I don't know anything about DC. But I was gonna send you an image of the Omega Monitor. Could you imagine if Lamonica Garrett had looked like that in the cross? Uh. Um, no, season eleven is so much fun. Um, no, okay. Like, so, like, what, what other things do did we like about this? <laughs> just so that we can go away with it being like, you know what, we said some nice things just besides the artwork. <laughs> Um, you know what I did like is that I liked that we saw so many. I liked that there were a lot of Wonder Woman, which is probably the closest we will ever get to really seeing Wonder Woman in the Arrowverse. But that yeah, made me smile every time she popped up. I couldn't remember. Did Wonder Woman like the Linda Carter Wonder Woman? She they didn't have a, a clip of that in the actual crossover, did they? I didn't think they did. So this is like the only appearance, right? Yeah. Although, what year? Okay, so there's one because I'm looking at one panel here. Where Wonder Woman, they're in. Well, she's in Lazy's Town and and Breeze's Town. She's in Washington on Earth seventy four. So that would be that's the Linda Carter Wonder Woman, I thought, right? Because isn't that when that show came on? I'm assuming. Like, I'm trying to look at if it looks like Linda at all. Like it, you know what? I mean, also like none of these characters look like. The characters are supposed to really, so it's hard to tell. <laughs> like, you gotta go by the outfit. Okay, this is what's so ridiculous. Okay, in the background, like, there is one shot of Wonder Woman with pads, and then when she's when she's closed up, like, she is, like, in, like, her classic outfit. I'm like, did the artists just forget that, oh, like, like literally, she's like, you know, they can't decide if she's gonna have the new future 2 look or the, or the fifth, or the, you know, the old school look. But I, I definitely think this is Linda Carter's one because it kind of. I think she's like trans. You know how she like Linda Carter would like spin around into her outfit. I think that's what they're trying to do in that panel. See, as you, I, I'm a fake fan of Wonder Woman. I actually hate Wonder Woman, so like it's, uh, um, I I I didn't know that. No, I I had no idea that she was transforming. So I thought it was like literally she was just like, I'm running here and I'm flying here. Yeah, the art's a little. I, I could see why that would be confusing the way they they do it. It looks like it's three different people. Okay, so seventy Earth seventy four. That has to be her Earth then, because seventy. Because they wasn't Mark Ugina who said that, that some of the Earths were named after when those shows and films were came out. And so like you know, Earth eighty nine is obviously Batman eighty nine, and so then Earth, and then I still don't know. And Earth two hundred three was for Birds of Prey. On the WB uh, when it premiered in 2003, I guess. Right, Lazy? I didn't actually catch any of that with the years being the same as the Earth's. My mind is like a little blown right now. I, some, I yeah, shows you how much I paid attention. I mean, I mean, I'm assuming. I just, I'm not saying that I know this for a fact. I'm just. I, but the, the reason I'm asking is I'm like, well, you know, Lazy is the biggest. She is the, the that show's biggest and only fan. <laughs> <laughs> It is true. The uh, the I just double checked this before I made myself sound dumb. The WB Birds of Prey series was from October two thousand and two to February two thousand and three. A golden time. But that show, like that, it was, it had its problems though. 
Lazy, you gotta admit this. Well, y- yes, but that is not the topic of our episode. No, no, no that's week. fine. That's fine. Um, <laughs> but uh, no, Good dodging grace. Please. I'm going through the pages again. I'm like, I'm still so insulted by Wally's death. Like, I mean, yes, he does sacrifice himself for Barry, but the fact that Barry. Oh, I remember what else I wanted to say about that. I thought it was. Like, okay, I thought it was trying to give him an, I thought it was trying to give Barry an excuse to, like, be okay with helping Sarah with the Lazarus pit, which I thought was a little weird. I thought it was weird in the actual crossover that, that Sarah, of all people, was like, time for a Lazarus pit, but that Barry right. just also went along with it, and now this kind of is trying to, like, low-key like give Barry him. Barry was the leader of it. Yeah. Because Felicity told him to. Yeah. Which doesn't make sense, but okay. It does not make sense. What do we think about the fact that the Phantom Stranger appears on this? And it's like, you know, this is the first time we ever see him, but he's weird in such a I, weird I context. I that was so random and was hoping one of you would explain that to me. Well, <laughs> well Taddy, please do. The floor is yours. No? I haven't read, like, the original Crisis <laughs> in a few months, so I honestly, like, maybe he's in the original Crisis. I know sp- I know Spectre definitely is. So I honestly could not tell you. That's my guess is that it's a nod to the original comic, but I have not read it in long enough that I don't remember. I so. do not. Okay. I, I think that he's like there, but not in any way that's relevant. You know, like there's like this, um, like he tries to get the Spectre's assistance or something. Like he tries to get his help from Spectre at some point in the crossover. And that's about it. Like, okay, he's a character in the crossover. I feel like it was just, like, a fun tie-in. Like, oh, hey, we have this Phantom Stranger here, you know? Um, and maybe, maybe at most, a hint that we're going to see him in live action at some point, you know? Probably would make sense to put him on Justice League Dark, though. Right, Breeze? Yeah. Could be. Mm-hmm. Oh. We don't, we don't know Andy for that. It's not like I'm like... And then Andy said to Breeze knowingly... Am I right, Bree? Yeah, that's because you can't do that. Man. Wink, wink. Only I can do that. Yes, you know. We, <laughs> yeah, we, 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 I'm not going to interrupt uh, the ship that is Tatty and Breeze. Thank uh, you. Thank you. Um, again, it is. Again, it feels like it was like cause, yeah. I it it doesn't look good when a writer has to like literally say I screwed up when talking about continuity like before you actually get to the story and so on. To me, I'm just gonna take this as an alternate version of what they want to do with Crisis and just accept accept that this is not canon. Like this cannot be canon. There's no way in God's forsaken earth that this can be canon. Um. Even though there's so much cool things that do happen, like we see Wonder Woman, we see you know the Black Justice League, we see Phantom Stranger, we see we see more Barry and Wally. Even though it's a horrifying storyline, um, we see Nissa again, who's you know I. Okay, if they if let's say if they ever do Birds of Prey as a TV show, can we bring Nissa back like as a character, please? Yes, please. Endorse. Uh, do we want to? Talk? Okay, I think we we focus a lot a lot on the the Paragons Rising one. Do we? I know every, pretty much everyone hates the Infinite Looper one, but did anyone ha- have anything good or anything else bad to say about that story? I think I'm the one that ate it at the most, but again. Superman, hot in all realities. That's my commentary. Even the bugged ones. Yeah. Well, I mean, okay. I Maybe like the bugged ones are the one with like the the that looks like one of the, you know, like Dracula from the Gary Oldman version with that kind of weird head. I'm not as into that one. Um, I would just say I, I agree with Lacey's point that the story probably would have been fine if we didn't have such Lex Luthor burnout from the season of Supergirl at this point. Like, if this had been a way to, like, give that character more attention when he didn't have any, that would be fine, but he's had plenty of attention, so I Complain didn't need of attention. Give some of your attention back, sir. Also, it's just weird if I did, like I'm also looking at another page now. Like we do see like the electric Superman, uh, which I think is cool. Um, 
But I, it's just another question that it's an answer to a question I can't imagine anyone was asking. I mean, here's what I, here's what I here's the thing. I think there are people who were against Christ says. The, I mean, because I, of course there were a couple of critics of against this crossover and so on. I think this is what they wanted to see. They wanted to see a bunch of doppelgangers, a bunch of actors coming back and so on. But like, yeah, they want like a ten-hour version of this storyline. Well, I think it's just, you know, they wanted to see Tom Welling, Brennan Ralph, and um, Tyler Hecklin, uh, and uh, we're not going to talk about the, you know, another Superman that that is famous, but, you know, if you've been, if, if, if you're following the news and reading Twitter and so on, then you might know which one we're talking about. We're just not going to talk about him, um, you know, Henry Cavill, you know, they could have, uh, Tim Daly, like, I think people, that's what everyone wanted to see. And I think Margaret Green was like, well, let me do that in comics. But then none of this makes any sense. Like, again, I don't get what are these bug-eyed Superman supposed to be? <laughs> Why is Bizarro Superman there but not in his actual Bizarro Superman? Like, I'm, I don't know. Like, also, could anyone tell which Lex was, like, you know, like, what were we supposed to know any of these Lex Luthers? I didn't. <laughs> I think there was one that I was like, Lionel Luther from Smallville? Is that you? <laughs> like it can't be. So oh, I mean, like, some of the Love suits look kind of, some of the suits look kind of familiar. But again, like the art doesn't really match like people we know. So it was really hard to tell. Well, one of them is obviously like super from um, the Super Friends, like part of the Legion too. That's the one like with the purple costume, but like with the the color. Yeah, the I think color. that's the one I'm thinking of. Uh, I think one of them is supposed to be the DCEU one after he has gone bald. Um, I think one of them is supposed to be maybe Kingdom Come Superman because he... Because I know in Kingdom Come, Lex is a little... Hmm, uh, a little bulkier, uh, I guess. Um, we would have to ask Alex Ross because he's the one who draws these characters and he draws them very bulky. Um... But the rest of the licks of Louvre, I'm like, I, can, I think I can tell one of them is Gene Hackman's Superman. Because he's dressed like him from the movies. But I don't know that. I'm like, this doesn't make any sense. Also, could you imagine if like, they were, like, I love, like, I love John Cryer as Lex Luthor. I can, ag- I can agree that maybe we've had a little bit too much of him on Supergirl. I kind of think that he, it's time to kind of wrap him up and head up, to send him over to Superman and Lois. Um... Cause I think, did you all realize that we barely had any scenes between Tyler and John, even though they were supposed to be like, you know, our show? I definitely have. I definitely have. And now we're just never going to. <laughs> not, I, I can't tell if you're being sarcastic or if you're actually feeling sincere about it. No, I'm being sincere. I have definitely noticed that, you know, considering, you mean Tyler Hecklin, like Superman, right? Yeah. Yeah, considering that they're like mortal enemies one would think that they would have a plot line at some point, but they are not going to because also, in his show, it's a different Lex Luthor. So there's a female Lex though. Like, that's, I thought that was funny. That was, that was cool. Um, I guess she would be what? Uh, Lexa? Alexa? Maybe. Some... But also interesting that there was, that all the Lex Luthers were white, but we know that not all of them are. So I'm like, where is that one? No, in the comic, he's only wild, Taddy. He can only be wild, <laughs> that's what the comic says. Wow. And now, so, now some really old man is going to text me and be like, I don't like your podcast because you don't respect the comic. I'm like, bro, don't tell me I don't respect comics. I do. Go after someone else. Or you know what? Grow with the times. Um... I was like, the only one who actually looks like like the actor is John Cryer's Lex in this whole damn comic. No one else, like Lila is not like I just look. I'm looking at Lila now too. She looks nothing like um, what's her name? Something Marie Anderson, Audrey? Is it Audrey? I think it's Audrey. Tom Cameron doesn't even look like Tom Cameron in this because he is super blonde. Like he is blonde than blonder. Whatever that means. But he's super blonde. Um, yeah, this doesn't make any sense. Um, anything else, ladies? We want to talk about this? We really did not mean for all to, like, to be like a hate for this. But then we read the comic and we're like, oh, damn. This will be a challenge. Yeah, well, again, I mean, I think... We can't love everything. Right, and I think to your point, like, if you're, like, really a completist and, like, this... 
you know, this is an okay companion to the crossover. So if you're like, really like, I have to know every single thing and like, you know, that kind of, that's like your style of fandom. I think it is worth getting. And there are some cool features, like a lot of um, concept art for the show. And like, they, there's like a few pictures of like alternate costumes they were thinking of, like, especially for Spectre. So there are some like cool features. It's just the issues themselves probably don't, you know, aren't standalone. It's more you have to think of it as a whole. Do you want to talk about at least um, the Cosmar? Because, you know, like, there's some pretty cool reveals here. Like, for example, we almost had Michael Keaton as, like, the Irvine and Bruce Wayne. How cool is that? Yeah, I noticed that. Like, his face is kind of blurred out, but it's clearly clearly supposed to be Michael Keaton. So I don't know if they actually thought they would be able to get him, or, or they were just not sure yet who they who they were going to get to play that role. And then he was like, I want to be in a Flash movie. And then he got to be in a Flash movie. That you all still don't believe is going to happen. Um, I'm being the... We weren't even going to say anything. Well, I, yeah. I, I, I only... For... My statements on the subject stand. <laughs> Um, can we talk about Oliver's, like, alternate look, stone? Because I was one of the people who was really against his crisis look. I even wrote an article about it on screen right now. I was, like, so pissed off. I'm like, you you couldn't afford to make him, like, a cape? You have to put it in, like, like it looks like he's about to go to a spa or something. Yeah, he kind of just looks like a hobo in the crossover. I would have liked if they did like a just more like the the cape. The cape looks more like regal and mysterious versus the robe just looks like okay, bro, like whatever. Although in Vancouver, it is like can you imagine if he had like because how do I say this in a respectful manner? Okay, in a comic, Spectre is basically naked, but he's extra pale, but he has a green cape around or a hood, whatever you want to call it. So in the concept art, like if, if um, do you have do you all have it in front of you? I do. I do, I do not. I can uh, hold on. I can okay, find okay, it. Okay, yeah. Because there's there's shots of him like where he has like a white armor that would have replaced him having to like have his body all painted white and stuff like that. Like this, I love this. Like if they'd done the armor, or if, like if he had like at least like a white shirt on, or like a white plate, armor plate, or something like that. But no, they went with a stupid green robe that looks like he's about to come out of the bathroom or something. Uh, no, I don't. I, I don't think hobo is the right word here. Um, there is uh, Lila almost had a helmet that looked weird. Um, I actually wish Harbinger's uh, costume had been a little closer to the comics. I mean, maybe it would have looked silly on Lila because she's like an, a grown adult woman in her forties. But in like, I wish 40s? it had been like. Whoa. <laughs> well, I, I just mean like I think the Harbinger in the comics, like the the costume they give her is a little girlish. So I think it would have like I don't think it would have worked on Lila. It would have made her look like a you know a teenager. Um, but I wish it had been, like, a little more fun. It was very kind of plain, which I didn't love. Like, I wish it had, like, a little more pizzazz. I mean, I don't like the Harbinger costume in the comics anyway, because it looks, I mean, it's very sexualized in some way. I think this was, like, I mean, if, if anything, when the first photo came up, my mom thought, like, are you watching Star Trek? I'm like, no, what do you mean? Like, no, she doesn't, like <laughs> It does kind of look like Star Trek, yeah. Because, like, but I liked it. Because my mom grew up on Star Trek. She was like, no, she thought, like, are you about to watch Star Trek? Like, what is this? Is this a new Star Trek movie or something? And I'm like, no, it has nothing to do with Star Trek. Like, oh, really? Because it looks like like one of the old uniforms from like one of the old shows. And I'm like, okay, but it's not. Right, that's why I didn't like it. It could have been like any sci-fi uniform. Like it wasn't, it didn't look like a, a hero uniform. But... Right, it was generic, yeah. But I guess they also just didn't really have a specific idea of what her powers were you know it was like i'm harbinger here's an elephant <laughs> and i can teleport everywhere it was like because today actually and i'm not joking like i i i to the listeners i actually had me and my sister watch crisis and she had she's kind of been out of touch with the arrow shows for the past season or two and so like but i said you know i really think you should watch crisis and she's like but then you're gonna have to explain everything to me if i don't understand I'm like, that's fine because i wanted to see how much i actually remembered and I did really, really well, actually. But it was fun seeing, like, her, like, 
Selena is angry because I'm like, because nobody told her the car is Supergirl. And now she's very, very mad. And then she went to brainwash everyone and didn't work. And now she is just petty against everyone. Um, Teddy, was it you who said during the Crisis crossover like, you, that you had a friend who doesn't watch other shows but wanted to watch a crossover? And, you, and she asked you, like, is Lena always as petty? I think it was either you. Yes. Or, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> um... There's a there's a beautiful concept about Brendan Ralph. So if you love your Superman's uh, Lacey, there's there's something there for you. Oh, but have you all seen like now like the Ultimate Spectre looks, or am I just the only one watching it? <laughs> no, I already commented on it. Yeah, she did. No, uh, no, I'm, I'm, I'm at the, I, I I know Breeze, and I knowingly acknowledge it. Uh, <laughs> um. Again, we still need a sequel to that uh, that that's that fanfic. Yeah, we're probably yes, we do. And we're probably gonna start collecting some more fanfic in the coming weeks and so on for because you know we all, y'all, we all we have we all a, need we it. All, now. Well, we need no, we, need, we it, need it, but we have a long hiatus. So um, well, yes, that too. Um, <sighs> but no, I mean overall, like for me, it's you know, it's fun to see what they want to try and do, and it's fun to see them honoring the DC universe in some ways, but it just, but it does not do any respect to our, our Airverse characters, because again, I think the biggest insult is Barry, you know, s- seemingly losing Wally, only mm-hmm. grieving in the comics, but again, doesn't tell Iris, doesn't tell Joe, right. and shows no human reaction during those five episodes. So I'm just saying this is an alternate version of what they do wanted to do with Crisis, if they had like a ten hour movie or something. Right, right. Um, any closing thoughts, ladies, before we wrap this up? Um, cl- in closing, I think I would just say I think it's a great idea to expand the Arrowverse even further because we've already got tie into the movies now. But also to have comics like this. But I think that you have to think long and hard about what stories you want to tell in the comics. They should be able to stand on their own in the comic. And they should be written by people who actively care about the characters inside of it on the show. Agreed. I will take that a step further and say that I too like this as an idea. But I like, I think it was Toddy earlier who said something about like, explore the stories on the other Earths. Like, show us something that we actually want to know as opposed to these two which answered questions that I don't think anyone was actually asking and that is why I think I struggled with them but would be very happy to read a different I would have read a whole story about the Nazi fighting that we only get a couple of pages on in the Paragon story here like I would have I would have read a whole thing about that but eh, we didn't do that and that's a chance and Breeze, what about you? Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, if you can get this from the library or something, maybe check it out. I don't know if I would Support recommend... Support your local library! Yeah, definitely. I use Hoopla. I don't know if people know about that service, but a lot of libraries have it, and it's on there if you want to read it. Um, but, you know, I think it's okay, but I agree with the other points that if we're going to have these tie-in comics, there needs to be a little more intention and, and care put into them because this just kind of made me question some of the the things about the crossover. Um, it did not feel like a, a good compliment to it. I think next year would be kind of, like, if, let's say, this Babel and Superman crossover actually does happen, it would be kind of it would be kind of a fun experiment to see because, you know, they're obviously not going to bring in all that characters from all that shows and so, but, like, kind of do a little, you know, like, a webcomic or something like that, you know, like a one-issue thing kind of saying, you know, what, you know, what was Barry and Carr and Blah Lang and everyone up to while Ryan and Clark, Ryan as in Ryan Wilder for listeners who may have that heard the news, but, you know, while they were up, you know, with their adventure and so on, um... Also, how excited are we all for the new Batwoman? For you know, for Miss uh, Lavisha Leslie to join the Arrowverse. Woo! Yeah, I'm excited. Now I have to watch season one though because I never watched it. 
<laughs> to be fair, I'm, you don't have to yeah, watch you, it. Yeah, that's, that's true. What, that's what I'm not sure though, because are they gonna bring back the the main villain everyone loves, Alice? Because like I'm, I'm like, sure oh, I'll, I'll watch season one if they're bringing her back. But if they're just gonna throw most of it away, then I'm not gonna waste my time. I mean, so she's honestly the best part of the show. I am very that's excited. Mary, I'm Mary very excited is for this new Batwoman. But I am. Yeah, you're right, Andy. Mary is also great. But I'm I like I this casting news is very exciting, but I'm also just like I think I still think just not, not straight up recasting Kate is the wrong move, and I will watch it and I will be salty about it. And yeah, because I mean, Breeze, to your point, I just do I just do not see how they keep everybody else who was so like tied to Kate in this story with what is what is their character's name now? Ryan Wilder. Oh, such a weird it's a dumb the, name. I'm sorry. You know, I, as as my job of of chief name critic, it is a, a yes, it's I don't it's so <laughs> I uh, love that you finally acknowledge today that you are like oh, good. Like it really just it feels like you know how sometimes when shows are sending out scripts and stuff for auditions and they have, like, a fake character name to cover up the character you're really auditioning for? Mm-hmm. Like, it feels yeah. like that character name is, like, a fake character name. Like, Some people, think it's yeah, name. thought that. That it was, like, a fake name. But I think if... I think they would have revealed who it was when they had the casting announcement yeah. if it had been a fake name. But hopefully... I think it's a real name. I just think it's unfortunate. <laughs> well, I mean, it's like Rebecca said, you know, it's so unlike... Well, you know, you know what this means. She's a wild character. She's a crazy wild character. She's a wild card. She's a wilder. Party. And somewhere Alex Wilder comes out from Runaway. He's like, what's good? Like, I own this last name. His long lost cousin. Yeah, like, ugh, it's all connected. And somewhere Jeff Lobb is slapping me in the head. A version will be like, that's my line. Um, no, I think they should just... Again, like Holly Robinson is my. Like, I'm still gonna go with it. Holly Robinson should be the new bad woman if they're gonna base it on any character from the comics. Uh, she's openly LGBT. She was Catwoman for a while. Let's just make her a bat. Um, no, I I I joined the the lovely ladies on Batwoman podcast uh, along with Brother Nate from Batwoman podcast a week when they casted her to discuss the whole casting news. So if you all wanna. For our listeners, if you want to hear more thoughts about that, you can listen. Go to uh, badwomanpodcast.com and you can hear our extensive extended conversation. It was very deep and really cool, actually. You know, here, you know, you, you know, yes, there were you know people who were you know not excited about this too much, but you know, there was some legit criticism about this because well, that casting breakdown is all sorts of problematic. Uh, oh yeah. She loves partying and used to deal drugs. Now she's a superhero. She lives in her Ugh. van and like she, you know, she will feed a dally cat with milk and then she will, you know, she can strangle you with her hand. Like, I'm, listeners, I'm not kidding. That is part of the description. Um, but, you know, Caroline Drys is, Caroline Drys does what Caroline Drys wants. So, enough shade about that. So that was our thoughts on <laughs> Cries on Infinite Earth, Paragon Rising. Um, next year, CW, if you want to do a tie-in comic, maybe, you know, maybe get some people who are like, are like loves all the characters, not just one of them. It makes a whole damn storyline just about that character. And that makes everything else not feel like sad, illogical. <laughs> again, poor Wally. Like, again, this is the biggest crime against Wally. Like, you know, we've thought that Season 2 and 3 and 4 of Flash was bad for Wally. That this is a bigger injustice where he gets ki- he gets a off-screen death that no one supposedly remembers. And then in your post-crisis, Bob is like, you know, Wally, I'm so happy to see you. But, like, but why? Oh, I don't know. I feel like... Maybe <laughs> I feel like maybe you died? Like something happened. Like I just, I just, you know, the, the, you know, the, I feel like I just saw you. Like, so crazy. Like kooky old Martian man. He did not give me memory. He didn't give me all my memories back. Only the ones that we can see, show on television. So, um, all right. So, what, do we want to do our plugs and then wrap it up? Let's do it. Tati, you want to start with where people can find you on social media? You can find me at Tati Talks. Kate, nope. Where can you find me? What? Marcella's ear. Oh, she was for real. Okay. Uh, yeah, Marcella's ear on Twitter. Um, and you know, Screen Rant interviews, uh, Marvel Report. What do I do on Marvel Report? 
uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., Flash Podcast doing this, with an accent, doing all things, and other podcasts like Ladies with Gumption. Breeze, what about you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Breeze Riley and all my stuff there. And Well, okay, you. fine, Breeze. <laughs> wow, I'm like, goodness, can I do a plug that's shorter than that? Hi, I'm Lacey and Beach. Short and sweet, guys. <laughs> Breeze, what, I mean, Lazy, what about you? Um, I am Lacey MB on Twitter. I tweet my bylines of all the other things I write in many other places around the web. I'm very into Netflix's curse right now, if anybody wants to come talk to me about that. And I make another podcast about British period dramas and other British television things. It's called Television. Come check us out. I still love that name so much. It's pretty good. It is an excellent name. Did you... Even though I can't take any credit for it, I didn't come up with it. So I can't be like, look, it proves I know names because I didn't come up with that one. I just left it out. <sighs> oh, God. Season 7 of The Flash. May, may, may God have mercy on your soul when it comes to picking names. Because if you pick any bad names, you know that the Flash, you. The Flash podcast Roast. will be the first place to criticize it. Again, mm-hmm. this is the same podcast. That I'm, ever- equal oppor- I'm equal opportunity. But was Sunshine really bad, though? Yes. yes. As a superhero name, that's a dumb name. It is. I agree. You can find me on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Anime If you want to hear me talk about other DC TV shows, I am the co-host of the Titans and Doom Patrol podcast. We're right now covering the very short season of Doom Patrol because they did not get to finish their season finale. So that will be wonderful to end, you know, a 10-episode season with only 9 episodes when they only had one episode left. So... HBO Max, you better give us season free. Uh, I'm, I run the Mall Port together with Breeze, Taddy, and lots of amazing, marvelous people. So go to mallport.com. But you're now for San Diego Comic Con at home. <laughs> Weird sentence. Um, uh, well, you know, there's a lot of Marvel things coming up there, including the exciting arrival of Hulu's short lived series, Hellstrom. <laughs> Oh, right. That's happening. If all y'all could just see the conversation that Breeze and I have had about having to cover this show, you would laugh very hard. Because I'm like, do we have to cover this? Do we have to pretend to care? <laughs> I'm so... I'm not I'm not looking forward to the show at all. But, you know, we, you know, check out themallport.com. And, yeah, if you want to see me write about other stuff... Uh, such as the Airverse and more f- geeky things. I'm o- I'm over at Screen Rant, so that's where you can catch me. Um, do we want to do pl- podcast plugs? I think it's been a while, so let's I think let's do it. Let's do it together as a team. Starting with the, going to theflashpodcast.com for all the latest news information about the Flash TV show, uh, as well as getting the latest episodes of this podcast. Follow the podcast on social media by going to The Flash Podcast on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Subscribe to The Flash Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher Radio, and Google Play. And while you're on Apple Podcasts, hit us up with some five-star reviews as it's a great way to support the podcast. And be sure to let us know what you enjoy most about The Flash. Listen to The Flash Podcast live on the Mix Radio Network, Wednesdays at 6 p.m. Eastern via the Mix with two X's.fm. And you can follow the entire gargantuan DC TV podcast network featuring Epic Podcast 4, <gasps> Deep Breath, The Flash, Supergirl, Legends of Tomorrow, Black Lightning, Titans, Doom Patrol, Batwoman, Stargirl, Superman and Lois, Green Lantern, Strange Adventures, and DC TV Podcast After Dark at dctvpodcast.com. Follow the network on social media at dctv podcasts on facebook twitter and instagram and last but certainly not least you can subscribe to our mega feed on apple Podcasts, stitcher radio and google play dctv podcast has its own t public store so if you're interested in dctv related merchandise click on the link in the show notes and get some awesome gear as it does support the network so we can continue to make these many podcasts and forget don't don't forget you can email us at theflashpocket at gmail dot com and if you have questions or thoughts about the flash or the arrow and so on, um or you know request as our our good list our, our lovely listener Jason, uh, emailed us uh, this uh, this week. I wasn't sure Jason if we could read it on air, but le- le- first of all, uh, we're sending you positive thoughts, and also yes, your wish is absolutely granted. So you're gonna get. 
the, yeah, I can tease that the next episode we're doing is the ep- a certain episode commentary, and we will definitely do it for you, Jason. Uh, so thank you for supporting us, and hope everything goes well. So, oh, and also I forgot, I forgot, and so you all know I have a, I am a podcast alcoholic. I like creating podcasts. Uh, something that we announced during the charity show uh, show was uh, DC TV After Dark, which is now they've released their, their second episode very recently, and uh, y'all, it's so much fun. Uh, they're interviewing all the hosts of all the all the, all the podcasts. They started with Cat from the Tomorrow Podcast, so uh, they named that these they came up with a DC TV drink and you know talked a little bit other stuff. So it's it's such a fun podcast. Go to DCTVAfterDark.com and subscribe to all uh, all the available podcasters that ha- that you that you can get a hold of uh, to support DC After Dark because it is so much fun. Uh, I bet all four of us will, will have been on that by the end of the before the year is over. Um, yeah, if you need an extra smile or two in your life, given that the, it feels like the world is ending, uh, we're like you know, CW had its crisis. We are having our crisis. So if you need you know something to cheer you up during these difficult times, DC After Dark is the place to go to. And that's gonna be it for this for this episode of the Flash Podcast. We'll, we'll be back in a week or two for our next episode. So um, thank you so much for listening. And until next time, I'm Andy B. I'm Tatiana. I'm Breeze. And I'm Lacey. And we'll see you next time on the Flash Podcast. now legally being recorded uh don't sue me don't kill me whatever i'm here I, I'm, I'm your friend i'm not gonna like expose you or blast you on tmz or whatever the crap <laughs> people are doing to each other these days I, on tmz could you could you all imagine like you know flash podcast uh, co-hosts uh, uh falling out I'm the... pretty sure they would be like the flash podcast <laughs> what's that yeah what right yeah, we're not we're not famous. Yeah, exactly. uh, this is actually a good post credit scene that I'm probably gonna use. Okay, so.